Hello, hello. It is Jess again, and this is episode two. I think my first episode went pretty well. Um, I had a lot of listeners, and I had a lot of feedback, and, uh, you know, it was a lot of constructive criticism, which I always appreciate. Um, The person who told me (laughs) you could do a drinking game on the amount of times I say, um, or like, <laughs> that was a good, <laughs> that was a good one because honestly, dead ass. Yes, you could. Um, you could totally have a drinking game with how I am, how many times I would say, um, and like, and I will work on that, but you're probably going to hear me say, um, a lot. Um, and, uh, so that's just like my natural way of speaking. I know it's annoying. Apologies in advance. <laughs> anyway, um, the mic situation will get better. Um, the mic that I have, I need a component to attach it to my MacBook. So I the sound will get better. Sorry that it's not so great right now, but I think that, you know, it's not the worst. It's not the best. <laughs> It'll do for now. Um other feedback. Uh, a lot of people said they like my voice, which is nice because um, that would be horrible. Like just, to, but you know, also the first time I ever heard my voice, I remember I had a cassette player and I recorded myself singing when I was a little girl, and I remember the first time I heard what I sounded like. I was horrified. Am I the only one who experienced this? Because I don't, I I feel like that's how everybody feels when you first hear what you actually sound like. Because I don't think you hear yourself when you talk really. Like, um, I always think I sound different in every video. And I do actively try to hide like my Southern accent. Um, Sometimes I'm successful. Sometimes people point it out. But either way, it's fine. I'm good. So um, I've been planning my trip to Paris and London. The past few days. That's why I haven't been so busy. I did not realize how much time that was actually going to take just planning it until I started searching and I was so overwhelmed. So thank you guys who left me suggestions on like what to do and where to stay. I believe I'll be staying in Shoreditch in London and in Paris, I'll be staying at the Hoxton in the second. So, um, oh, I'm staying in the Hoxton in both, I believe. Maybe not in Paris. I'll be staying near that one, though. Um, I'll be going early December. I'll be meeting with brands like Wilhelm and Atat. I could meet with more, but honestly, like, I'm not there for too long, so I didn't want to stress myself out. Like, why? Like, I should enjoy it. So um, I'm just picking an appropriate amount of brands to meet with. Um, I'm very excited, though. I've never traveled, and, like... Um, a little bit about that. I was, I'm just going to jump right in here. Let me say I was married and excuse me for the noise. If you hear the noise outside, um, I'm recording near a window and it's pretty loud <laughs> on the streets. Um, but I didn't get to travel much, um, in my twenties and such because, uh, I was married in a very bad marriage and, uh, he was an addict. He spent all our money. And so like, we just never got to do things that, you know, you should do when you're in your 20s, like, explore and travel. So, you know, better late than never. You can always, always do what you want, no matter what. You know, like, there's no time limit on uh, completing your goals and such. So, I'm excited. Um, I'm working on my perfume kit. 
my next one, obviously. Uh, I hopefully it'll be out before Christmas. Um, I think I've got some really good sense in this one. I really do. I think that uh, I have uh, chose a good array. Like it's not like I, I know I wanted to do a date night kit, but that just it it wasn't plausible with the choices I have and the um, because not all of the brands I wanted to use are able. To, we're not able to get all the samples uh, that would require to be in the kit. If that makes sense. So I'm I I did a bit more of an eclectic curation this time. Um, perfume of the day is Gucci memoir. <laughs> you will find out soon why that is a perfume of the day. And if you aren't familiar with it, it's a chamomile, uh, jasmine sandalwood type of perfume. A lot of people want to compare it to pencil shavings or gin, but honestly, or grandma's carpet, I've heard. Um, it's not for everyone. It's polarizing. Also the way that this, um, platform that I use anchor and it only lets me record segments in five minute intervals. So if I get cut off, um, I'm just going to be cut off because I can't always pay attention to the timer as it winds down. Um, it will just cut me off mid sentence. So if that's happening and you hear that, that is why. And, um, I won't re-record if I've, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's like five minutes worth of talking. So like I did that last time I started uh, recording this podcast. I was like, oh no, it's not perfect. So I kept recording it over and over and it was just like exhausting me. So I was like, you know what? There's not, it's not gonna be perfect. Um, maybe I'll end up finding a different platform to record on that has better editing. Cause this is actually, it's simple, but it's a little difficult, I think. Um, it, it won't let me pause to gather my thoughts. That's a lot of um, why I'm rambling. Another, and a lot, of, excuse me, some other feedback that I got was uh, I should take notes. Yes. <laughs> excuse me, I have like a bit of a cold. But um, I, I should have taken notes last time. I've taken a little bit this time, but I do just like to talk. Um, if I plan it too much, I just won't be as organic, but I'll probably put more effort into it with more serious, well, not serious topics, but <clears throat> topics that um, pertain to beauty um, and such. But when I'm telling you a story, I'm probably not going to take notes. So if I go on a tangent, bear with me. I'll get back on subject. I do have incredible ADHD that uh, my attention span is that of a, of a, a kindergartner. <laughs> like it's not that great. So you'll probably notice I wander and I, uh, go on tangents a lot. So, um, let's also hope that, um, I don't get sued for my last episode. <laughs> I honestly, like after I posted it, everybody had so much to say, like about my story with herbivore. And I started thinking, holy shit, am I going to get a cease and desist? Like, oh no, like, I don't know if I should have done that, but like, here we go. Like, I don't feel, I just told a story. I don't feel like anything I said was untrue. I just told what happened. So ugh, we'll see if I have to remove that episode, I have to remove that episode. But, um, yeah, I do have, I am kind of in a tiff right now, the brand I'm working with. If I'm to be honest, um, this brand hired me before and they haven't paid me and it was since spring actually. And, uh, they hired me again. And like, I was timid because like the way that I haven't been paid yet is not sitting well with me. I mean, like and the way I put it, whenever I do have to like <clears throat> talk to these brands, like, and keep it real. I'm like, how would you feel 
if you missed a paycheck. Um, I, they just assume we have like money stored up, I guess. I don't know. But like those jobs are like what I rely to pay my bills. So I do get frustrated when I don't get paid in a timely manner. I mean, like, it's just common sense. Like I need to pay my bills. Um, but they hired me again and now they're ghosting me. I've submitted my work and I've literally sent four emails. I actually tagged um, a person who was, C I actually emailed a person that was CC'd in the email. So I know a lot of people were asking about like inside of what I do. This is the kind of stuff that I do. I'm chasing people to uh, get paid. I'm chasing people to uh, literally okay my work so I can get it posted. Like it's a lot of back and forth and emails and like I think it's a draining. Um, so let's hope that this person gets back to me because I'm like ready to just out the whole brand for like wasting my time. <laughs> so let's hope it doesn't go there. But anyway, oh, I'm also working on my candle with uh, non-gender specific brand um with Andrew we're both coming up with the candle idea I'm so excited you guys he is literally doing exactly what I want he's like sourcing the vessel um the scent he's getting it created exactly the notes I want uh, just a little little like insight to what we're doing the inspiration is like an old Chanel like leather bag like so of course one of the notes is going to be leather but I'm also going to add some rose into it I think it's gonna be really nice and romantic so I'm excited um but let's jump into the topics because you guys did submit some and um I think we'll start with my holy girl products somebody asked me what they are so let's go Okay, so the first segment is my Holy Grail products. Like, I'm not going to do a specific category. I'm just going to organically talk about this. So um, my favorite concealer of all time is actually the Dior Forever Skin Correct. And I actually am using the um, correct color. It's 2CR. And it actually works as a concealer on me. It's supposed to be a corrective concealer because they actually they actually have um some in other skin types but I have a weird coloring to my skin it's not weird I just think it's hard to cover some of my redness sometimes and um I'm very um pink undertone but I'm also beigey neutral it's weird it depends on the time of the year um but I absolutely love it it's creamy it dries down decently but it doesn't crease and it's just excellent coverage um so I absolutely recommend checking out the Fior Forever Dior concealer um let's see mascaras I know everybody's always like asking about the best mascaras now I um, let me be real um I prefer luxury mascaras over drugstore. I just haven't found a holy grail drugstore uh, mascara yet. You guys have left so many like comments on what I should try, but um, I'll forever keep coming back. I do have hooded eyes, keep in mind. So I need a mascara that's going to hold the curl. I mean, first off, you have to. I have to curl my lashes because I have very straight hair, so my lashes are straight. But the Gucci mascara is absolutely amazing. It's really great at getting in and separating and lifting. Um, it's buildable. Uh, I think that it's probably, I mean, just the packaging alone is beautiful. Like it's great just to be on your vanity. So I think that those things are like, if you're going to pay for an expensive product, it should be beautiful as well. So that hits all the marks. Uh, the Sicily Intense Mascara, number one. 
Oh my God, this is so great. It's $78 though. Oh my God, it's so expensive. But it is so good. It gets every lash. It's really great for people who have smaller eyes. Um, it It's uh, not super volumizing, but it's very much lifting, separating, defining. I love, love, love it. Um, if you want one that's more budget friendly, I swear on everything, the Kim, the KKW from Kim Kardashian mascara, KK Beauty, whatever, KKW Beauty, there we go. That one is so good. I think it's like $15. Um, it lifts, separates, and it's so volumizing. And I, I just love, love, love it. And I've gone through several. However, right now they're rebranding. I think that they're being sued. I'm not sure. <laughs> there were lawsuits involved. I know that for a fact because I'm in touch with the people. I'm in touch with the uh, brand reps from there. So I will, I think I'm going to be on the next PR list for that brand. So I will let you know my thoughts when they relaunch. Um, I will forever be a fan of the paint pots from MAC. I mean, I worked at MAC for so long. So like... Uh, there, there's going to be holy grails from Mac. I know that it's kind of fallen off. Like people don't wear Mac as much, but I keep coming back to Mac all the time because those products are good. They're, they're, they're iconic, especially face and body. Oh my God. That's the best everyday foundation you could possibly wear. Uh, it's hydrating. It's uh long wearing. You can build it up. And, uh, if you set it properly, most skin types can wear it, but I would say it's more for dry to normal skin, but I think if you know how to prep your skin and, you know, finish it, you could wear it if you have oily skin, but I don't recommend it, so, um, but the paint pot is forever going to be my favorite, um, painterly is really great, it just basically, it takes the oils off of my eyelids, so my, um, eyeshadow is more vibrant, it stays longer, it's better than a, an actual eyeshadow primer, in my opinion, because it, it blinks out uh, the color on my natural color on my skin. So everything looks more, uh, vivid in my opinion. What else? Um, the Tom Ford liquid lip lipstick in number one is like the perfect beigey nude. It's like a Bridget Bardot nude. You know, I love it. Uh, it stays on super long and it's really easy to layer with. So if it's too dry, if you ever put on a liquid lipstick, it's too dry, just pair it with a little bit of lip gloss. It'll make it a little bit more wearable for you, but it will still be long lasting. So if you have a problem with uh, your lipsticks wearing off quickly, this is a choice for you. Okay, some of my skincare rider dies. Uh, let's see. The Soy Cleanser from Fresh Beauty is an amazing cleanser. It has uh, natural AHAs in it, so it's also going to be slightly exfoliating not really but it's nice to have that extra step because I'm at that age where I have to exfoliate every single day in one form or another whether it be acid or physical which I do do physical exfoliation as well um but my favorite is the acid which let's just go right into biologique lotion p50 1970 is hands down the best acid toner, in my opinion. Uh, it's it really just transformed my skin. It got rid of all of like texture on my skin, and um, I will forever like love 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 it. It is hard to purchase though. Like you have to like have a consultation with somebody to buy it, and uh, I, I don't think you can buy it off their website directly. I think you have to go through vendors. Um, where I would suggest to buy it is Rescue Spa in New York City. You could call them up and uh, they'll actually ship it to you. 
but I usually go in store to get it. Um, people might get mad at me. I know, like, I don't understand, like, why skin influencers hate on Lemare so much. <laughs> like, I get it. They think that they can dupe it. But at the end of the, end of the day, um, it's just like buying expensive perfume to me and then having your affordable option. Like, sometimes you want that expensive perfume. Well, sometimes I want that expensive skincare that I know works. And the Renewal Oil from Lemare is amazing. I'm sure I can buy one cheaper somewhere. I can buy some sort of Renewal Oil cheaper, but this one is tried and true. I love, love, love it. It's, um, you go to sleep, you wake up, your skin is like so like baby soft. It's just so beautiful. I, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, I also like the soft cream by the way. And I mean, I, never mind. I'm going to go on a tangent if I don't like what, I mean, I'm sure you guys would be interested in me going on a tangent, but like I do get annoyed by, um, content sometimes where people just like, shit on anything that's super expensive like I get it I do that sometimes too but like sometimes you want luxury is that so wrong no uh let's see what else do I love now my notes are gone so. oh here we go um the this is okay if you have ever had those like bumps on your arms um really dry skin it basically is called kurtosis perlaris I believe um short is kp First Aid Beauty actually has this um, KP Bump Eraser, and it's basically an AHA scrub that you use on your body to treat the bumps that you get from KP. Uh, there's no cure for KP, by the way. You're basically treating the symptoms. Uh, however, I have it, and I have noticed so much improvement. My skin is soft. It's clear. Uh, the acid's like 10%, so it works really, really well. Uh, there, there's still, like, you, you can see infl inflammation sometimes around my pores on my arms, because um, I have it on my arms, like, at the top of my arms, but it's not so bad. Like, I've kind of grown out of it. It is a genetic thing, I believe. It's not like something that you can, it's not like a disease. I don't know. It's like a genetic thing. So, um, if you do deal with a bunch of, even if you don't have KP, it's great just for exfoliating your body because the AHA in it is really high. So you're going to have like a really good result. So do not put it on your face though. It's, it's far too rough for your face. So, uh, let's see. Actually, I'm looking around my room to see if there's anything else I want to mention before I go to the next segment. Um, oh, I've been actually loving, let's see, uh, the ro let me see, the black rose from Sicily. Hold on. I'm just grabbing it. The black rose skin infusion cream from Sicily. I know it's hella expensive and yeah, like I said, like sometimes you want to buy expensive stuff and it is so good. I'm putting it on my face as we speak. Um, this is really great for people who, um, I think have more normal skin, but they don't want a heavy, heavy moisturizer. This is something I like to use right before I do my makeup because it's light, but it's moisturizing and it's a little bit plumping. So definitely check this out. If you can get a sample of it, that's even better. I believe like if you go into Nordstrom's and go to the counter, they'll actually give you samples of these products. So try it at the bigger department stores. That is not, not necessarily going into a Sephora, but like, I know, where did I go? I believe it was Nordstrom in Soho. They gave me hella samples. Just go up to each of the counter. All right. Next segment. Okay. So many of you guys wanted to hear dating stories. Um, 
<laughs> this is like, I've been struggling thinking like, do I want to share this stuff with you guys? Like I share a lot of like advice and, um, what I, what I find interesting about dating. Um, here, here's what you're probably coming for. The Gucci model <laughs> date. <laughs> Okay, where do I start? The beginning, I guess. So I was on Bumble, and uh, I came across this guy, and uh, he actually had um, his, he was in, a, I knew immediately he was a model, he looked like a model, uh, he had his Gucci memoir campaign on his Bumble profile, and I was like, alright, and I swiped right, and we matched. So I sent him a message, and let me just say, I'm not proud of myself for this. And I think you guys might remember, uh, this was a while back, but I, you'll understand when I get to it, but I'm not proud of myself. Let's just establish that because I, the way I saw these red flags and I literally put blinders on, I was like, nope, he's so pretty. I want to meet him. Like, instead of like, oh my God, just like following my gut instinct. And, and let me tell you something, your gut instinct is hardly ever wrong. Like if I've learned anything in my life, I can all, I can't, I have to take responsibility for most situations I get myself into because I, there's always that moment in my gut that I'm like, there, this isn't right. Uh, the first red flag was he messaged me back and he said, hello, hello. And, um, he said, I love your lips. And then the, he then referenced, uh, giving him a blowjob basically. <laughs> The way I just didn't even respond to that, like, I, uh, I don't know how, I can't remember how I continued the conversation, but I ignored it, and we ended up talking, it was okay, like, we were texting, we gave each other, um, our phone numbers, we texted back and forth, uh, he sent me, um, I told him what I do, I was like, oh, you know, I talk about perfumes a lot, and, uh, he started sending me like behind the scene clips from um, the Gucci campaign that he was on. He was in the Harry Styles Gucci memoir campaign. So he was sending me pictures from it. It was really nice. He sent me video like they interviewed him, but it was more of like an, an interview, like possibly to be able to use as a, a marketing thing. So like he had it, but I don't believe they used it in the marketing campaign. Um, he told me they gave him the perfume and he wears it and he told me he would wear it on our first date. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go on a date then. So we planned the date and uh, I was excited because I was like, he's so cute. Um, he was very interesting. He was um, not, he's not American. Um, he's from the Ukraine, I believe. Uh, so I was excited, but here's what happened. The day of our date, I had to run errands in Soho or the West Village, maybe both. So I ended up getting to the restaurant, which is my favorite restaurant to go on dates. It's called Boucheri, which is a chain within New York City. But it's so beautiful. It's so romantic. It's such a uh, nice setting. It's French food and uh, the drinks are amazing. That's why I like to go there. There's a drink, the La Vie and Rose. I love it. It's so good. Um, gets you drunk as fuck. <laughs> I was excited. I showed up early, didn't mind, because I was like, I'm just going to go to the bar, have a drink, maybe have um, an appetizer, you know, maybe have some bread. I don't know. So uh, I, the, it gets close to the time he was supposed to meet me, and I text him. I was like, hey, I'm here at the bar if you're um, 
whatever. And he says to me, oh my God, he calls me. He says, hey, I'm so sorry. I forgot we had a date. Oh my God. I got in my head, red flags going off. I was like, no problem. First off, like he's not my only option. So I was like, fuck this. No problem. So I like got off the phone quickly. Like, um, but he was like, no, 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 I want to come. I want to come. But like, I was like, it just turned me off. Like, how are you going to forget our date? Uh, when we talked, like, I think about it the day before, like, are you that flaky? Yes. He's that flaky by the way. (laughs) So I get off the phone. Now there's another story I will tell eventually about the person I called because I got off the phone and called another guy to come and replace him basically. And the guy that I called to replace him like was like immediately. Yes. Yes. Cause he had been wanting to see me for so long and he was, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, generalized dudes into different stereotypes or categories, but like, honestly, they're kind of the same, both extremely tall, thin, good looking. This one was a skateboarder though. And he was like always about me. And he actually jumped in his car immediately and was like on his way. Now there's a part of this that I'm pretty shitty because now I didn't realize the other guy, the model was, uh, getting ready to come see me. So he calls me back within five minutes. And he says, I'm on my way. And I was like, wait a minute. I, I just, I invited someone else. And he's like, could you please cancel? Cause I really want to see you. And I was really looking forward to this. Basically I was like, Oh my God, now what have I got myself into? So I said, fine, I'll, I'll deal, deal with this other person. Cause I just wanted to go through with it, get it, get it over with. So I called back the other guy and, um, he was on his way and I felt bad. And I was like, listen, he's on his way. I'm sorry. I called you. And he's like, it's okay. I'll just go to my friend's house and it will go out eventually. And we did. That's also a crazy story, um, that I will tell at another date. I think I can't tell too many of these at once. I think that it would overwhelm me and you as a listener. Now here's the funny part. When the Gucci models showed up to the restaurant, I was not facing the door. I would think I was, uh, facing the kitchen because there was like an open kitchen. It was like a cheese, cheese kitchen where they make their cheese plates or charcuterie plates. Anyways, uh, he comes up and he like hugs me and I turn around. Oh my God. He's like six, four. I'm short by the way. I'm like five foot tall with heels, like five, three. So I was wearing heels. So I was like five, three and immediately looked up and he's just so beautiful. But the funny thing is I swear to God. And I think I told this in my stories. He showed up wearing all denim <laughs> all Gucci. He had all Gucci on except for his uh, button up was Wrangler. It was like this Wrangler denim jacket. I loved and I took a picture of it because I couldn't get over it. I wanted it so bad. But he was wearing like these uh, wide leg Gucci denim, probably like almost they were almost flares like uh, bell bottoms, but they were too. He was very he's very thin, obviously. So they were a little loose. I think they were probably from the mid two thousands. They weren't like recent Gucci's at all. They look vintage. And he was wearing like, um, an older Gucci belt, I think from like five years ago, which is cool, whatever. Um, but here's the funny thing. He didn't have a shirt on underneath, swear to God. And I knew nobody would believe this. So like when he was not looking, I took a picture, um, of just from, I cut his head out. It was like from his, uh, (laughs) There was no shirt. We were in a restaurant. He had no shirt on. It was bare. I saw his chest. I saw his stomach. Um, he buttoned one button and that was it. And so the rest was just, it was so 
interesting. And like, I mean, obviously I was attracted. I was like, I don't mind it, but I would just, it was so funny. I was just like, no one's going to believe this. So we sit down, we order our drinks and like conversation is actually really good. He's very interesting. I really was enjoying my time with him. And uh, we decided to, at the end of the meal, grab uh, espressos and go sit by the uh, sidewalk. So it was nice. It was like really cute. And then after the meal, we decided, um, let's go and grab a beer from the bodega. And we went and grabbed like a single beer and we're splitting it. And like these like little skateboarder kids come up and he tried to impress me by skateboarding. <laughs> so he took one of their skateboards and tried to do some tricks. He wasn't that great. Uh, he like tripped on his pants and I was like, all right, well, here's where it got interesting. He's like, well, why don't we go to the strip club? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> Let's go. There was no other place to go. It was getting really late. Um, but the strip club was open and I said, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I should have just gone home, you guys. Oh my God. Um, so we go uptown. Um, we make it to the strip club, which is, I think it's like in the 50th. It was like, it was uptown. It was past midtown, but it wasn't like the Upper West Side. It was still like around 50th Street or something. Um, I really liked the vibe. It was nice. Um, we went to the bar instead of sitting at a table. Cause I was like, Oh, let's just go to the bar. Um, I took some cash out to throw on some girls because <laughs> like, I'm not going to go in there and not like tip some people and, um, whatnot. And so we're drunk at this moment, by the way, I, at least I am. I was so drunk and like, um, we had already kissed at one point. I, so we've already kissed. We were like very much a couple, if you know what I mean. Like, uh, we were like holding hands and stuff and sitting at the bar and the girls kept coming up talking to us. I was enjoying it. I, I liked it. Um, I, I feel like I just was having conversations. I think I bought a couple girls to drinks, like, you know, just being like nice. Um, but the girls liked him. <laughs> they were all over him trying to get him to get dances and stuff like that. And there's one girl he really thought was pretty. And, like, that didn't make me insecure. Like, it didn't make me insecure at all. Like, I just met you. Um, I'm not – I don't – you're not mine. You're not my boyfriend. But, you know, I still wasn't insecure because I was like, oh, we're together. We're our, we've already established we like each other. Um, so I wasn't like insecure, but here's the thing. Like as the night went on, we both got really drunk and this one girl just kept hanging around and I didn't care cause she was talking to me too. And I was talking to other girls as well, but I went to the restroom and when I came back, a girl pulled me to the side and she's like, girl, you better get your man. I was like, what are you talking about? And she said to me, um, your date just got the phone number of one of the strippers. And I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> I was like, no. And I, so I went up to him and I go, dude, like, why would you do that? Like, I go, one of these girls just told on you. And he's like, um, and he dead ass said this to me. He's like, I was trying to pull her to come with us back to my place and have a threesome. And I was just at this point, Abs immediately no immediately no <laughs> like I, I told him I don't remember how I left I just remember it not ending well like it was like at that point I had too much to drink and I was absolutely not doing that and I was absolutely going home at that point so I just remember the uber ride home and the uber ride home was super nice because I had the window down and I was like going down the west side highway it was nice I so in, even though it didn't work out with him like 
Oh, another bad thing is, is that like another red flag is that like he insisted on me posting him to my stories. And I was so drunk at the time that I ended up doing it, but I removed it really, really fast. Um, Anyways, I got home and over the next few days we kept talking, but like ultimately I just, we decided not just me. I think we both decided like it wasn't for us. Like he like wanted to see me again, but like, I just was not into his vibe. I think that like, at the end of the day, we wanted different things. <laughs> we definitely wanted different things. So anyway, that is my Gucci memoir chaotic date story. Okay, most of the questions I'm looking over are <laughs> about fuckboys and dating. Um, so we just heard one fuckboy story. So I have many. Let's just say that I have many, many, many more stories. Um, <laughs> even more chaotic than what I just told you. Um, but, uh, here's a question. D and Dunk's tattoo asked me to talk about PR package packages and knowing your worth as a content creator. Okay. There's a very fine line that you must, uh, as a content creator, you have to juggle, uh, especially with my line of work, because I rely heavily on, um, brands to sponsor me to make a living. Like there's YouTubers that, for example, like, I'm like, I, I don't want to name names. I'm very, I'm friends with someone who has a, a ton of followers on YouTube. She told me, um, she makes really good money from YouTube, um, just by your views. And the thing is, I don't get paid for you just to view my page. Like, I don't really get that. I'm not saying that I'm, I should, but I'm just saying I don't get paid the same way as a YouTuber does. I have to work really, really hard to make sure I'm paid. So how I get paid, sponsorships, um, affiliate links, which, or like my collabs with brands, those are the way I pay my bills. Um, what else? Uh, photography, like I'll do photography. I don't like doing that by the way. It's so much work. (laughs) Um, it's really cool to be considered to do content creation for brands, but the amount of work that goes into it is absolutely draining. And I prefer, uh, more sponsorships because I think that that's, I can do the sponsorship quickly and then, um, I can focus on just making my daily content, which I really like to do. And I actually am really enjoying doing this format now because this has given me a different creativity level. And this is not part of the segment, but the creativity of doing what I do can run dry pretty quickly. Like it's hard to constantly come up with ideas for my feed and what I do because um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not your typical influencer. It's very niche. It's very focused, um, hyper-focused on products, you know? However, I'm trying to step out of that. Like, I really want to like talk more about food. I'm going on a tangent. Let me stop myself. All right. (laughs) Back on top. PR. It is not all that cracked up as it, it it seems to be. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to sound grateful. Like I couldn't do my job without it. Like I need the PR to one, have things to talk about Two, um, I would be broke. I wouldn't ever make money if I constantly was putting money out for products. So a lot of these products I'm given, I but I also buy a lot, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not on the Gucci PR list and I would love to be, but I'm not. So all that Gucci stuff that you see, I buy it myself. Um, the thing is, is that like, if there's something that's really popular, like um, I'm going to have to go out of pocket. And, you know, think about how much these perfumes cost. Like, everybody wanted me to review the Fenty one. Now, 
I will just say this. I, I'm salty because they took me off their PR list because I just was really real when they, I was on their first launch and, um, I kept it real. Like I gave like the pros and cons and like some of the cons were pretty glaring, but I was very fair with my review. Like, I'm not going to lie to my followers for PR. So when the perfume came out, they took them off of that list by then. So like, Everybody wanted me to review it, and I still eventually will. I'm going to wait for a sample. I refuse to buy the full-size bottle. Um, so that's – I did never – I never reached out. I never asked for it, by the way. Um, I, I don't like to ask for PR. I like for brands to offer it to me. Like, But being taken off the PR list makes me not want to support their launches. Why should I? Like La Labo. Like, I'm not going to – probably ever buy another one of their perfumes I was on their PR list for so long and then they took me off of it so like I think if you put yourself in my shoes you'd feel the same way like um Rochelle one of my followers actually sent me their newest matcha perfume that's how I reviewed it you know but like um it sucks like you think you're like building a relationship with a brand and then they just take you off so like uh, yeah, bye. <laughs> like, that's all you're going to hear from me. If that's how you, you know, and I think that that's how most influencers would feel like, um, you're giving exposure to their products or launches. And so when they randomly take you off, like, why would you want to like support them? So that's one aspect from receiving PR that you might not be aware of, uh, your ability just to be removed randomly. So uh, the next issue, I think, with um, receiving an abundance of PR is actually, where are you putting it? That's my problem. Like, I have all this stuff, um, and I don't know where to, to keep it, especially whenever I'm put on PR list and they don't ask me if I want it. Now, I do understand the, par the point that you're put on the PR list. They can't go and ask all of the thousands of people they send PR to, hey, do you want to receive this month's box? Like, I get that. Like, but for a while I was, I was thinking, no, they need to ask me, do I want to receive it? And there are brands who do ask me, like pharmacy, for example, asked me, however, they sent it to me anyways. <laughs> like, um, I didn't respond to their last inquiry about, uh, receiving their PR box and, uh, they sent it to me anyway. So I, I don't know if that's actually how they operate or not, but you know, thanks for sending it to me. But just because they send me something doesn't mean I'm going to show it. Like I'm super busy. Like, um, it's unrealistic to think that, um, every influencer who gets something is going to show their products because we're getting a lot of stuff and, uh, we're giving it away just as fast. Like I'm giving it away to my community, to my followers, to my friends, my family. I just cannot keep up with the amount of products that I'm getting. And I have one face I cannot put it all on my face. Like, you know what I mean? Like to test skincare, that's what stresses me out. Is like, I'm wondering how all these like skin influencers, which I, at the big, I used to focus more on skincare than I did perfume, to be honest. But, um, it's really hard to test, um, products when your face is already pretty good. If that makes sense. Like I take care of my skin. So like, most products are going to work good on, like, they're going to work relatively good. The The ones that I can give really good reviews for are ones that I don't, that give me more reactions. Like, um, I just reviewed the Tatcha 
indigo cream and that I was so shocked about like how poorly that performed on me and I like Tatcha don't get me wrong like um I love the silk cream I love uh, there's so many products from Tatcha I like but that one like I was so surprised at how many good reviews were on the Sephora website because I read them before I posted about it and uh it actually, but most of them were from Influencer, and I'm not saying that those people lied, but I'm just saying they didn't pay for it. I didn't pay for it, but I gave you guys a real review. I know that because it just, the reaction I had with it was not good. It sat on top of my skin. It didn't sink in. And uh, usually Tatcha will, um, they're very appreciative of any time I mention them. They'll, they'll always acknowledge it. But that day when I gave that review, they didn't say shit to me. <laughs> They usually will say thank you for your review or something like that. If a brand is really gracious, if you give them a respectably, like you, you don't totally shit on the product, you you say why it didn't work in a respectable, respective way, they'll say they'll say something like thank you for the feedback. This is helpful. Like, and I know, I mean, that's a really gracious way to handle like the criticism that they're inevitably going to get and they should expect if you're a good influencer you have to be able to review things um realistically otherwise why would anybody want to hear what you have to say because there are people I see who never have a negative thing to say about anything that they review that um they receive for free um so if you are trying to do this that's one thing that you should keep in mind keep it real people will see through people will notice if you are never criticizing something they will notice um what else um to get on PR list um you have to have a presence online like uh, it's I'm surprised at how many new people to this game um are concerned with PR right away um I feel like yes it is a um you're not gonna like get the same PR as me if you just started you're not going to get the same thing as me let's let's keep it realistic because, um, I'm surprised that some people that have come into my DMS and said, um, how do I get on the Byredo list? I'm, I'm sorry. What they, <laughs> cause like, I don't even know, like it's Byredo doesn't gift a lot to a lot of people. Like, so I wouldn't even know how to tell you, like they, they choose you, but if you establish a feed, you establish your presence online, you should start tagging brands. Um, with your reviews, you don't make good content. That's the way to get their attention because PR can come more easily than the paycheck. Let's let me just lay that out on the line. So you want to start a beauty feed. You, you, you take the videos, you, you make, um, very nice reviews. You do the photos. Um, there's a lot of people who do what I do. You could easily follow them and find them what they do, um, you're more likely to get skincare um, PR than anything. But I think that that's the easiest PR to get. Um, I think there's an abundance of uh, budget for gifting product now. Uh, that is their advertisement. It's so cheap for brands to basically throw product at people who are posting about them than to actually have... Um, advertising. This is their advertising. We, me, the people who like talking about their, their beauty products, you are their advertisers. So the likelihood of you getting like skincare, uh, PR is really high compared to perfume. I think it, I, I didn't get perfume PR until like I focused uh, till I got, I amassed a huge following and, um, 
demanded a presence, I think, online for perfume. So uh, I think the perfume is harder to come by. I think that if you want to do what I do, you just start posting, you tag the brands. Eventually, you need to have established yourself. You need to have a following. I mean, not a huge following. Like, say you have a thousand followers. You can start reaching out to brands and saying, I would love to try... Um, this product, um, for review and, you know, just go to their slide into their DMS. Uh, you don't have to be super serious, but you need to show enthusiasm that you like the brand. You need to follow the brand, especially do not go and ask a brand for their products. If you don't even follow them, you know, that's just like, I think rude. Um, you need to accept rejection. Uh, if, <laughs> And you never need to compare yourself to other people. I used to have um, a lot of people come to me with complaints about, um, I started my feed so-and-so, this person started it as well, um, and she's getting all this and I'm not getting this. Well, you don't know how hard she's hustling to get those products. Um, and don't compare yourself because her content might be better than yours. At the end of the day, like just because you start something at the same time as someone else doesn't mean that you're on the same uh, caliber. You might not be as, as creative. Your your reviews not might not be as good. Um, the thing is, is if you want to talk about stuff, educate yourself in a way to talk about it. Um, nobody wants to hear someone's opinion. Nobody wants to just look. I mean, yes, there are times that I just post pictures of just my stuff. And those do extremely well as far as engagement goes, likes, um, follows, etc. But at the end of the day, like I have to establish myself as someone who actually talks about the product. Like you can't just post a picture of your lipstick and not talk about it. Like what, that's so boring. Um, you're not going to get PR that way unless you like talk about product. You have to talk about it is my point. Educate people. Give your opinion. Um, but you know whatever. I don't know. What else about PR? I'm trying to think like this. I didn't take notes about this. Cause like, I thought it would be easier to talk about just off the top of my head. Um, my PR has changed a lot. It used to be more skincare and now it's more perfume and, uh, candles. And I quite like that. Um, I, I want to talk about skincare again, but like, as I said, I think skincare is tricky because I always want to like give really thorough reviews. And I feel like it's hard to give thorough reviews when your skin, you already have so much. I just, I wonder, I, maybe I should pay attention to how skin influencers actually review products because, um, I'm wondering how they do it when I know their skin is good. If that makes sense. Like, how are they actually reviewing a product when your skin is already at a certain level of this is good and it can't get that much better. If you know what I mean, without getting Botox and other things that are uh, more, I would say, cosmetically enhanced, you know? Anyway, those are my thoughts. They might not be very concise. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, next topic. Okay, I had a request for non-fuckboy fragrances for men. Um, <laughs> obviously, I've made a couple of uh, videos about boys and their fuckboy perfumes. And, um, you know, I have... There's this one follower, sorry if you're listening, I have to talk about it, but she gets extremely upset when I make content in that manner. Um, 
where she one time uh when i the first time i gave a bad review for chanel number no. five and i let me just say i always state it's an iconic perfume and uh yes like it was super popular in the 1920s and uh it's always been a classic but like when i point out like you know, it's obviously not modern. It, I mean, like, yes, like you can art make the argument that it's like sophisticated and classy, of course. But like, I have the right as a creator to give my opinion about perfume. And um, it it's not a personal attack. Now, I understand I get kind of annoyed when people shit on Baccarat and Santel 33. And I even shit, I even made fun of Santel 33. Like, you know, like sometimes it's not that serious. So sometimes I'm just making content that actually people enjoy to interact with. Um, anyway, she like came in my DMs and like, she really tried to guilt trip me into like how wonderful like Coco Chanel is as a brand. And, um, she said she, this perfume reminds her of her grandmother. And I'm like, are you guilt tripping me? And I was like, and she kept just talking about like Coco, the person in a manner of, um, describing how like elegant and all this. And I was like, you know, she was a Nazi. <laughs> like She like helped the Nazis. Like, let's like, no, let, let's learn our history about the brand. Like, as you know, she, she helped the Nazis. Like uh, she, her boyfriend was a Nazi. Like, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that just cause you like Chanel, you, sh you can't like it cause of this or that, but like, like, let's not idolize Coco Chanel, the person let's idolize maybe the brand that, has developed after it was sold, you know, in the forties and what it's become today. Yes. It's beautiful. It's elegant, sophisticated, but like, don't yell at me because you have a personal connection with the perfume. And so the next time when I posted about, um, fuck boy sense and, uh, it was so lighthearted. I was so surprised that she got so upset again. Um, I posted, Oh girls, uh, beware if these guys wear this perfume how can you get mad about that? First off, like, let's calm down, everybody. It's content. It's something I have to do every day. Give me a break. Um, so she like went off in the comment section about how, well, my father and my husband both wear blue de Chanel and, uh, or Sauvage. I can't remember which it was, but she got so tore up over it. And I was like, and she won't talk to me now. She used to send me messages all the time. No longer does she do that. And I'm just like, get over yourself. Like it's not that serious. So I'm going to preface this entire segment by like, stop taking what I say so seriously and just enjoy it for what it is. It's not ever meant to be a personal insult. And if you do take it like personally, send me a DM. We'll talk about it. I'll explain, Hey, this is my job and I never mean to hurt your feelings. Okay. All right, let's move on. The perfumes that I Okay, the reason why Versace Euros, but for example, is like at the top of the list of fuckboy perfumes is like, <laughs> and I mean no disrespect to people who love Jeremy Fragrance, but that guy, you, everyone has to agree that he oozes fuckboy. <laughs> and I've watched his content. I enjoy it. I just think that like he is the very definition of what a fuckboy is in my opinion. And uh, no disrespect. I'm sure like he has his opinions and um, I don't mean any hate. I'm just saying like the way he presents himself, like he's usually shirtless or in a speedo and he's always like the top 10 sexiest fragrance. I mean, it's just so campy. I can't. Um, so that he's influenced my feelings on a lot of perfumes that he likes like that is one person that when I like I think of Versace years I think of him and so um 
that's a big like red flag scent for me at this point. Um, blue de Chanel smells amazing. It's a classic blue like fragrance um, for men. Um, it's amazing to give, but like all the finance bros wear it. All the finance bros wear Sauvage. Um, 100 million men from Paco Rabanne. It smells good. It's really sweet. I think it's like one of those perfumes that like when you're younger, you'll really like it. But maybe as you age and you start exploring your fragrance um, taste a little more, you will kind of, for me, that perfume, 100 million, reminds me of a club promoter. It reminds me of like 2009 uh, Meatpacking District. What was that bar? Oh my God. There was a bar that everybody went to. Was it bed? It just reminds me of dudes that would go there. Like, guys you really don't want to be associated with that were just kind of cheesy and you just had to watch your drink around. Like, that's what reminds me of that perfume. Uh, no offense if your man wears it. It's just a funny anecdote that I have. Um, so let me talk about some of the perfumes I do like. Um, Parfums de Marley Layton and Galloway are probably the two sexiest, like, men's fragrances that I've... I actually own them. Um... <clears throat> and I think that uh, if you ever want to give someone who's super special um, a fragrance, I would invest in one of these. They are expensive. I believe they're like around $300 maybe. They're, they're perfumes to Marley price, but they're, the, the way that they wear, um, they're unique smelling. Absolutely love both of them. Um, highly recommend. Another perfume I love is Byroto 1996. It's a spicy vanilla um, perfume. Um, I wear it sometimes, but it does pull pretty masculine. Um, I absolutely love this on men. Now I just received, um, from one of my partners, eight and Bob, the original, and I have it in front of me. The bottle is so beautiful. It's like a big square bottle with like very minimal, like, um, print on it. And, um, let's see the notes actually are cardamom, lemon, pink pepper, dried wood, labdanum, violet leaves, amber, sandalwood, vetiver. All these things I really, really like. Um, and it smells like a classic men's fragrance, but I just think that it's, um, I really, really like it. I think that if you can try eight and Bob, you should, uh, my partner sells this brand. So if you want to go to the link in my bio and, uh, try the samples, you can search for it. And my code is pretty 10 as always. You can save, um, other perfumes I like for men. I really like Joe Malone's Oud and Bergamot. Um, and let's see what else. I love Tom Ford, um, tobacco vinny. I mean, I like that for women too. I think that for women, it's just so sexy and, uh, unexpected in a way. What else do I like? Um, I had taken notes, but then I just realized I ran out. <laughs> I didn't take as no I didn't take the notes as uh, well as I thought I would. Um, I did just receive the new grapefruit generation from D. Sandurga. I think I'm saying it right. If I'm not, excuse me. Um, it's actually super nice. I think it will work both well for men and women. Uh, it's the grapefruit is really fresh. It's not that heavy, um, grapefruit smell that you often get with, um, it being like a top note. It's actually pretty soft wearing, but I think it's like such a cool fragrance and I'm excited to talk about it. It's a little spicy, uh, very fresh and it's soft actually. So that's like some perfumes I think I would check out for your man. Um, also Gucci memoir, of course you can go for it. You can't go, if you're on a budget, 
get them CK1. It's first off, it's really cool. I think it's a throwback to the 90s. It's it represents grunge and the it's the first very first like marketed gender neutral perfume. And um, if you haven't seen the 90s ads, they were like iconic to me. They were ingrained in my brain. You have to like go on YouTube and search it. Like that's what put Kate Moss on the map. Let's be real. Um, they included all genders, all ages in this campaign. It was just so unique. And I, it's my absolute favorite perfume campaign of all time. And um, it smells terrific. It smells so good. I, I would use it as a room spray. It's that amazing. Um, and you can get it for like $25 at Walmart. And those are my thoughts for now. If I ever have more thoughts, I, of course, will update you guys probably in my stories on Instagram. All right. I'm going to wrap this up because I actually have some work to finish up. I enjoyed making this episode and um, I overshared like a mofo and I'm probably going to be cringing when I'm listening back to this. Um, I'll probably be a little bit embarrassed. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have feedback or you want to give me critiques or just tell me you enjoyed it, let me know because I will have no idea if you liked it unless you let me know. <laughs> um, Anyway, it's great to talk to you guys again, and I'll be making more content soon. So, bye!